to to be respectful of time, I'm I am completely letting go of the, all the random stuff I was going to talk about today. <laughs> you can talk about some of them. <laughs> we can we can hop we can hop in because because my my life isn't going to change in the in the next week so much that I'm not going to be able to talk about these things. <laughs> Or for right. next recording. So it's totally fine. We got things to do. We got things to talk about. Who knows how much my life is going to change because the Lakers are in the Western Conference Finals, baby. Game one right now, <laughs> tonight after we record. Yeah, man. In less than, well, just, just over two hours from now, <sighs> which puts which puts a real test to uh, yeah. our abilities to try to keep some time going. I'm wearing my uh, my Lakers jersey that I've had since sixth grade right now. <laughs> Such a tight, giant sixth grader. <laughs> no, it, I just I wore it. I wore it in the in the style, you know, back then. Everything's like way too baggy. You right, know, the, down the full nineties style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and now it fits like a regular. It's a Scrooge jersey. nightgown. Uh huh. <laughs> Okay, well, what are we doing here? Let's let's hop. Yeah, on. welcome to Hype is My Superpower podcast. Me, Steve Storman, best buddy Will Freeland, talking about comics. Today we are discussing Destiny of X, presumably volumes four and five. What we stab out into the darkness of Marvel's lack of solicits to assume is the second to last week of our required reading before going on to. AXE Judgment Day. It's the it's the French destiny of X's, and who knows how accurate those French people are. Le destiny du X. <laughs> you know what I haven't done? I haven't. Le destin. I, I bet it's destin is destiny. That's my guess. Or destine. Yeah, it's probably destine. Oh, I'll go. I can. I I can see destine. I'm just gonna do a quick check. Does destiny of X give me anything? Nope. Destiny of X still does not a thing on Amazon, which is the earliest I ever see anything. Like as soon as those like numbers are created, they hit Amazon, even if they stop. Like was right. it try? Uh, no, not trials. What was before trial? Rain? Because like Rain was supposed to go to like sixteen. Yeah, and it only went to twelve or whatever. And they had 13, 14, 15, and 16. And oh, so, yeah. Solicited, yeah. Right. And so if if Amazon has it, <laughs> then like I know Marvel is thinking about it. Uh-huh. And Amazon does not even have any Destiny of X's yet. Of course, I'm on Amazon US. I'm not on Amazon FR, so. <laughs> no. Uh, Google Translate <laughs> says it's Destin de X. Okay, well, that was important to me for some reason. You were close enough. Yeah. I took, took, you know, a year and a half of French in in college. It's fine. Don't remember I do have... So, okay, to to your point. So, for this episode, I feel so rushed. Um, We we read four and five. Yeah. And then... So, next week is going to be six and seven. And seven includes Hellfire Gala 2022, which is Hellfire Mm. Gala 2, whoever, however you want to look at it. I would add so on Destiny of X, 
on the list that we're using from Wikipedia, it quote unquote just says Hellfire Gala 2022 and Mortal Exman 4, New Mutants 28, Knights of X number four, and Legion of X number three. Okay. However, comma, comma, the trade for Hellfire Gala 2022 has a couple extra issues. So it has Secret X-Men number one, which we already read. Yeah. It's got Amazing Spider-Man 2022 number nine, which is the issue that I I already read. Okay. Avengers X-Men, well, Free Comic Book Day 2022, Avengers X-Men number one. And it also has X-Men Unlimited Infinity Comic 50 through 55. Okay. <laughs> which I think those are all like quarter issue comics. Yeah, totally. But I would throw sure. those in there. Yeah. Anyway, so next week's going to be a, l- a little bit. It's going to be a couple issues heavier than two volumes is the main it's point. It's fine. Cool. It's fine. Okay. <sighs> okay. Should we, should we hop in? Let's should hop we, in. Should we, should we get Let's, this going? Um, yeah. With Destiny 4, first issue is... Giant oh, X-Men. Wanna, yeah, Giant Size X-Men colon Thunderbird. Thunderbird, which is not in any of the books that I pulled. No. Oh, no. I think so. I have a giant size X-Men trade that has mm-hmm. all of the giant sizes from Dawn. Yeah. But obviously this doesn't have, it doesn't have that. So I had to buy this book. <laughs> <laughs> so I have that on my tablet. Yeah. So Thunderbird and yeah. and X-Men 11, X-Force 28, Marauders 3, Knights of X2, Wolverine 21. Yeah. So Giant Size Thunderbird follows John Proudstar, recently resurrected, the deceased member of the all-new, all-different X-Men who died on their first mission after Krakoa. And just sort of like a, a real blast from the past, reconnecting with his family story co-written by nyla rose who is a trans professional wrestler and actor trans woman Hmm. yeah oh cool yeah so yeah yeah i didn't realize that john was xavier's first death oh yeah first death under his watch well i guess only if you (laughs) don't count the deadly genesis. deadly genesis. Yeah. yeah. And right. also, if you don't count Changeling, who wasn't really a stu- who wasn't a student, he just kind of showed up one day and he was like, Hey, Xavier, can I help you do this thing? Right. Yeah. And pretend to be you for a couple of weeks while you go turn a bunch of aliens into hippies, um, <laughs> according to my headcanon. But. <laughs> It it was the first besides those. Yes. <laughs> right. And one was yeah, a retcon was... and the other wasn't a student. So yes. <laughs> I yeah, right. Yeah. Retcons being retcons. This is the second time I've ever had a comic with <laughs> with Thunderbird in it. Oh yeah. He uh, has he been... was in like Necrotia X-Men or whatever. Yep. But other than that, I mean, again, it, it aside from flashback and like not really resurrected appearances, he's been straight dead since 1975. And he was only like in years. three issues before he died. 
damn. <laughs> well, so that's that's so weird because I'm like, okay, if you're gonna kill someone off in three issues, sure. But then you're like, no, we want we want an, a Native American. Let's just get his brother, <laughs> add him well, to the team. <laughs> okay, so two things. One, the team was too big, and they basically took. You know, he's like, oh, they're they're like this guy's powers are too similar to Wolverine, who people like more. So mm. uh, he, he he's the easy cut. And then they didn't introduce James as a character for maybe like six, seven years after. Um, okay. Yeah. And okay. and when they first introduced James, he was a member of the Hellions and and uh, antagonist to the right. New Mutants. Yeah. But all that aside. They so he he rolls back up to, I guess it can't be Camp Verde because everyone was there was killed, but basically the town where his grandma may still live, and finds out that they are somebody has sold their DNA on their behalf or the the DNA of mutants in their community to what turns out to be a a real deep cut. Edwin Martinek. Now, this guy, I don't know if you remember him from the pod, but I covered him a couple months ago. Remember the flashback issues? The like zeros? Yeah, the negative one issues. Negative ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one of X-Force was uh, John Proudstar. So Thunderbird, this is one of his flashback appearances. Going after this guy, Martinek, who was also privatizing the genes of uh and again this is one issue just like because you're really really scraping through it to find any sort of like backstory for john proud star and you know foiled the plan guy turned himself into a werewolf and that's why he's all a werewolf coyote thing here but yeah deep cut i <laughs> am embarrassed that for i it? got it <laughs> uh <laughs> And he's contracting, he's contracted by some mystery figure at Orcus, whose face we don't ever see, but kind of a new appearance in terms of like arms. So that's interesting. And from that whole flashback episode, uh, issue, there's a mutant called Revelation who had a death aura. Uh, or maybe this was Martinek's next appearance in X Force when James came back and there was a whole plot with a, a journalist go re- listen to our previous comment <laughs> insert insert episode yeah. number here <laughs> will doesn't remember it i don't remember it but if you do your due diligence but it technically happened <laughs> you will you will remember this better than us they're using this this mutant's death aura as an encryption device for files where if you read it without the correct password you die so that's something that was interesting use of of mutant powers and yeah he he you know saves the town beats his grandma who is an entertaining badass and you know he's full of existential questions i didn't die correctly according to my tribe and and our mm-hmm. you know ancestral beliefs and and you know like i didn't come back correctly who am i i'm more well known for being dead than alive etc he has a new costume, which seems cool, and I'm stoked for more John Proudstar. Do you have any other takeaways from this? His new costume is very bright. Yeah. But I get, but like just from his 
request to Carnation, to Jumbo Carnation. I guess that's that's you know his people's colors and yeah, it's much. It's just it's it's rare that you get <laughs> a costume that's like has this like almost neon blue, this bright blue. Uh, usually, <laughs> a lot of whenever there's like a new uh, variant of someone's costume, it's usually like darker colors mm. or like the 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 bright color is a highlight, like on Quentin Choir or something. Totally. And, you know, he's, uh, uh, yeah. And they're saying that this is, you know, significant for his, yeah, like colors represent things in his, uh, you know, people's spirituality and that this is less of like a theme park, you know, stereotype version, uh, mm-hmm. like his old costume, right. which was yeah. truly horrendous. <laughs> right. <laughs> a product of the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to see more John because like it's weird having a legacy character that I know nothing about. So yeah. I'm I'm interested and I guess the world knows nothing about either. So like how do you flesh out a character that's conceptually been around for decades but has to find their place in right. the story? That's yeah. gonna that'll be interesting. I hope it goes and- well. It's a great opportunity for, for it's one of the unique things that you can do with a setup like Krakoa when you have, you know, this, this pure straight through path from being dead to being alive. You can, you can uh, play with things like this. Mm -hmm. So cool. Just looking at the last couple of pages and I see the, then he sets up a Krakoa gate. This, this, this is a really awkward segue to my current headcanon running theory about Kate and why she's blocked by the gates. As oh yeah. To please just as opposed to just walking through the gates. Yeah. Like so what's, <laughs> what's your, what's your take here? I think it's because she disrupts technology when she phases. And oh. since all of Krakoa has this techno techno organics, Stuff interesting. This is your theory um, on why Kate is late or Kate, Kate can't use the gates? She's always late. Yeah, <laughs> this theory is going. Yeah, it's pretty great because, like, I've, I I wonder if it's like Krakoa and and Warlock just being like, I don't want to chance it. <laughs> it could just be fate. Yeah, I'm having a real tough time coming up with eight. <laughs> 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 But like, because I don't think we've seen her even just go through like Arbor Magna or like no any thing. <laughs> do 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 you see any way that this problem for her could abate? I guess we'll just have to wait. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you know, you just you hate to see it. Yeah. I I, um, I I I I have the I have the the advantage of time here because you 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 texted me yesterday and you're like I have a theory about Kate and the Gates so it's like oh here we go about <laughs> Kate and Gates but yeah that I mean I I feel like because it's one of those things where if that is what is the actual issue it's going to be told in a like aha and I'm going to be like. Damn it, why didn't I think of that? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, just like with like deleting cerebral files and all this other stuff. <laughs> it's like, ah. it, 
it's 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 a sound theory. I'm I'm sated. It's like I can't think of any other mutants who are there even any other phasing mutants? Shinobi Shaw. Oh, okay. Damn. They haven't established that he disrupts technology, which I don't know why the physics of that would be any different, but uh. <laughs> well, <laughs> until the, until she and Reed Richards get to the bottom of this, that's going uh-huh. to be my headcanon. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm so interested. Dude, that plot line. I, I feel like they're not going to dive into it. It's going to be one of the like kickoffs for Fall of X, I think. Oh, I could see that. And in the meantime, you know, she has to find other methods of transportation like we're seeing in Marauders with spaceships or um, she could go back to the early days of her costumes with the X-Men and skate. I was waiting for it. I didn't know where this was going. I was like, what eight transportate? (laughs) Hey, just box her up and ship her in a crate. Stupid. So <laughs> stupid. I'm moving on. We're going to X11. X11. <laughs> okay, so we have Game World. Mm-hmm. The X-Men taking the fight to Game World. Yes, yes. Um, and we find out literally in the first like two pages. Game World being the casino planet that has been taking bets on the destruction of earth since it's been sort of like one of the main plots along with, you know, the Ben Urich and discovery of mutant resurrection and the whole Phalong. These have been like the three main plot, uh, the, the, the guy who colonized Phobos. These have been the three main plots of this X-Men title um, Mm. since it started. So yeah, they took the fight to game world. Took the fight to Game World, and God, this issue read so fast for me. Yeah, like this, I, <laughs> this I title usually does. I was like, I was like, was this only like eighteen pages? Because uh-huh. <laughs> it went so fast. But in the first like two pages, we find out that Game World is a subsidiary or whatever, or an offshoot of Mojo World in the Mojoverse. Yeah, yeah totally. Fucking <laughs> fucking Mojo. Fucking mojo. But like, it's kind of one of those things where I wonder if when they did the first issue, somebody in the editor's room was like, isn't this just Mojoverse? Right. <laughs> and they're like, wait, <laughs> wait, wait. I hear you. Yeah. Let me, let me. <laughs> oh, man. So the girl, so the women of X-Men, of the X-Men team, or most of the women, Polaris, Jean, Rogue, and Laura Kinney, X-23, Wolverine, right. uh, make their way to Game World, donning their Hellfire Gala outfits. Yes. Meanwhile, the men, or actually just Gambit, along with Rocket Raccoon, are inveterate gamblers, and they are trying to short Game World. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Just> so cool. <laughs> um, there's also a conversation in there about like you know we're taking so it was Mojo's then Cordyceps Jones took over and I was like oh is all of this plot really necessary like do we really need to know like what Game World is and what the backstory came to be and all this and then somebody delivers a line that's like so they're all taking bets on you know like the destruction of entire planets. Like this is just like 
climate capitalism's final form. And I was like, fuck, they landed it. <laughs> there it is. There it I, is. <laughs> I am embarrassed to myself that I didn't see it. Good job. Good job. Good job. Well played. <laughs> I feel like every episode, there is something in the plot of an X title that one of us is just like, Fuck. <laughs> right? Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all of our listeners that I needed the metaphor to be that spelled out for me. I should have been on it. I should have known. I apologize personally to each and every one of you. <laughs> oh, man. There's also a B or a C plot line of Captain Krakoa and Sink tracking down basically Cyclops' killer. I guess. Right. And Who is Dr. Stasis, the 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 sort of, you know, one of the the heads of one of the petals of Orcus, the human slash resources, not human resources. Ominous. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> go for it. Anyway. Jump, jump all over it. <laughs> So Captain Krakoa, who is Cyclops, by the way, yeah, had sync Wolverine's pow- tracking powers, yada yada. And so Sync is like, oh, you know, the scent kind of goes in two directions here. I think we want to go left. And Cyclops is like, cool, I'm going right. And so, <laughs> so they go their separate ways, and Sync snicks and <laughs> and freaking uh just this line of just uh, because the, he comes across the main animal man thing that Dr. Stasis uses. And it's like, oh, you, uh, uh, you, you're pretending to be a Wolverine. You really think you can take me on. And then mm-hmm. Sink just being like, bro, <laughs> I've been Wolverine longer than anyone alive. And you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, the hardcore Wolverine is only like 300 years old. (laughs) Meanwhile, (laughs) Sink is over here at like 530. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I love it. So great. Anyway, and then poor Laura didn't get to survive the 80 years, so she's only like 25 years old, (laughs) right? Right. Sink is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I want to do two quick notes from the game world plot before I let you close on the... uh, Just that Lorna buys a new dress, presumably for the upcoming Hellfire Gala 2, and uh, Mm -hmm. Gene sees all these people, you know, just like planning the destruction of entire planets. And of course, it's a callback to what the phoenix did wearing her face and that she has the memories of and it has basically responsibility for and she says never again so it's personal for her and that's a cool connection to her backstory yeah take it away well okay so (laughs) the game world thing so cordyceps jones is basically like a giant fungus man thing and so he can use spores to, you know, control other people. He used it on Laura. But so Laura got caught. But then the captions for when she got caught was, it's hard to come across as stealthy, but loud enough to be caught. Yeah. So it's clearly this X-Men team 
has been so fucking competent. (laughs) Just in all of these extinction level events, they've just been like on their shit. This seems part of their larger plan, which we haven't seen the payoff for yet. Right. I'm very interested. So yeah, because it ends with like, they caught Gene, but like, is that, was that the plan? Right. What does that mean? Because... Because we have because we have to go to this Dr. Stasis thing. And so Cyclops in the sewers goes the other way and he comes uh-huh. across Dr. Stasis. And Dr. Stasis is like, I know who you are, Captain Krakoa. Just drop the facade. And he's like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then they have a hand-to-hand fight. Dr. Stasis has his little monologue while they fight, does goes for the goes for the sword drop. On on his on Cyclops's face and Cyclops fucking ninja catches it and he's uh-huh. like oh please and then he optic blasts in point blank range and Doctor Stasis's mask his helmet which he is we've only ever seen him in and it's completely yeah. opaque it's like a real Daft Punk sort of like it yeah it looks, you know, it's full. super straight out of Daft Punk his helmet breaks and Cyclops is just like you and then and then you get the and then you get the last page and it's like i'm sorry have we met and it shows the person's face and it's sinister's face it's mr fucking sinister instead of a diamond on his forehead it's a club yeah (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) like this has some fucking implications oh my god i i don't want to speak out of turn Right. But I think we've never seen <laughs> no another suit on his forehead before. I I'm pretty sure that's true. Cause there have been other characters, men and women, who have been super shady and then all of a sudden they get the red diamond and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. It's sinister. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and he can clone into like, any mutant body right now. So Yeah. Cause like typically the diamond, well, there was a time where the diamond was what had his like genetic makeup. Mm. And so if you stuck the diamond on someone's forehead, it could overwrite that person. They could become a sinister. I've never seen a club. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what it means. We'll I don't have know what to it means. find out. But we now have, and, and yeah. And so like the look on his face is like, haha. But right. for him to say, have we met? How long ago did this clone get created? I don't, they are a long time ago because I mean the summer's kids, Alex and, and Scott were at the Essex orphanage. Right. So like that <laughs> to have been a long time ago. Yeah. Or he's just being cheeky. I don't right. I don't know. I don't know. Crazy. Fucking wild, dude. Fucking wild. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Just all of the, all of these. Okay. Oh, X Force twenty eight. Yeah, X Force twenty eight. Oh man, yeah. Oh god. So <laughs> twenty seven ended with that cerebro helmet, that right tentacles, and just eight forges head. Right, and we're like, what's going on with this? Is this a cerebro thing? Is is it some sort of like contamination from the Omega Red plot from X Lives X Deaths? It is a Cerebro <laughs> unit that gains sentience. It's calling itself Cerebrax, which, fine. Well, 
I mean, yeah, it was a really inorganic way to get there, but yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Cerebro X Force. Cerebro X Force. Cerebrox. Cerebrax. Cer- Cer- Cerebrax. Like, okay. <laughs> this is real dumb. Yeah. All right, buddy. <laughs> Again, this is not the first evil sentient Cerebro, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this one creates a little like red hologram of forge and basically talks to the mind of forge that did eight. And it's like, you ate me. And he's just like, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I want knowledge. And forge is like, I want to build things. And then three is like, cool. I want knowledge and build things. <laughs> and then forge is like, you know, theoretically, if you eat enough mutants, you'll become a mutant yourself. And Cerebrax is like, I like that. Let's 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 roll with that. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Weird. Uh, we have much to eat, much to learn. Yeah, um, it's you know. already chomped. You know, Polaris and a few, if Havoc. Is that who that was? Yeah, that was Polaris. The second one. Yeah, because because it it gets the the magnetism powers and and bends Wolverine. Mm, it I thought it was bones. more of a reality bent thing, but yeah, oh, it, yeah. I, I don't know, so yeah, I'm fine with that because yeah, and it's little like there's there's two times where we see it like eating people. It, we see him eat uh, havoc first, and then somebody with a with a green accented um, yeah uniform, which I assumed was Polaris, but. Polaris is on Game World, and so just right the logistics timing, of it. Timing on these issues, I think, is yeah, they've not kind of wildly accurate, especially back to back like this. And then in its lair, you see that it's eaten basically seven mutants. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Havoc. And this is much more obviously Polaris, but I was like, is there anyone else who's green? <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, where's a green costume that it could have been because I don't know who any of these other ones are yeah you don't see I mean their heads are chomped off there are no head, no heads <laughs> and it's far enough away that you don't have to be super detailed on the costumes right to, to know who they are because like there was a time when Quicksilver wore that same purple and and pink costume mm. the last time he was on Avengers and his his symbol on his chest was a fast forward button with three triangles instead of two. It was not a good costume. <laughs> it's kind of cute. <laughs> fast, fast forward. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Faster forward. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I can't tell who it ate. Yeah, it's um, fine. They'll they'll tell us. It's I'm, not a big deal. Yeah, I'm just not super invested in the mysteries of this title so i'm like when it's important they'll tell us <laughs> <laughs> so f- with that said it makes me very appreciative of characters like quentin choir who are actively challenging <laughs> the yes. laws and rules of krakoa <laughs> <laughs> especially uh, specifically the resurrection protocols right at um, least so we can see what the the edges of the thing are and so we get a better understanding of of you know what's going on, yeah, and so and Quentin is um, you know convinced enough of his own awesomeness that he would be the one to, you know, 
make exceptions for himself. Te- mm-hmm. Test. He's he's a real. He's in 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 the words of Dave Chappelle, a, a, a habitual line stepper. <laughs> yeah, and so he's having the five just build some different mutant husks for him. Yes. So basically, go through the resurrection process, but without the cerebral backup. Yeah, (laughs) and then he can Uh, psychically, you know, basically inhabit them, and just with different bodies to try out different power sets and stuff. And so there's like a juggernaut is the one that gets the most time here, but there's a few others. Yeah, it does uh, Colossus, Domino, Wolverine, Beast, and Emma, which is that's a little. uh, Little not not quite Freudian, but like you know, your, your girlfriend, yeah, your yeah, your, 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 your ex-girlfriend's ex-girlfriend's mom, uh, mom, clone mom, and clone mom, yeah, not just just regular mom. <laughs> yeah, I would honestly, I would think that he'd be happy with a Colossus, right? Because that's his like downfalls is meatiness <laughs> he's a meat bag just referring to how many times he's been killed in in this title yeah i don't like man they gloss over deaths so often but like yeah. i feel like quentin is up there <laughs> in number of deaths since Krakoa day one he's got to be number one probably yeah and and the only reason why I question it is because all of the missions to Orcus. Um, right, exactly. That Quentin's not on. He has been on a lot of them, though. There, there were X-Force missions, and then there were, like, Mystique solo missions. But there was also, like, the Cyclops and, and Gene missions. Right, yeah. Like, the X-Men, the classic right. X-Men missions. Leading them to believe that Orcus, through... <laughs> <laughs> through note taking have realized that they have resurrection protocols. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's amazing. I love data. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the only other interesting takeaway here is Sage and Omega Red. Just Sage dealing with the fact that her brain is a computer and she's still human and has emotions and that can be overwhelming when you're continually receiving Right, flood of data, and she she drops a line in there, like admitting regretfully, woefully that she hooked up with somebody in particular. I want to know who that is. I want to know, yeah, who who Sage's regrettable sex is because that is hilarious. (laughs) I slept with. Well, never mind. Yeah. (laughs) Also, who's gorgeous, George? He is from the Nasty Boys. He was in probably best known from the TV show, the 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 cartoon. He was the mm. um, one of Sinister's henchmen. He was the purple guy with the real like gooey body. Oh, oh, should be the fuck out of him. Nice, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for her. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Anyway, and so then- yeah, she talks about how she drinks till so she blacks out, and yeah. then. Starts over the next day. Yeah. Um, Which we've seen a little bit of previously. And this is, you know, this writer here on X-Force has this incredibly subtle technique of just like introducing plot threads, you know, like, and then completely abandoning them and then bringing them up once the 
you know, like the issue before they're going to be relevant again. So mm-hmm. expect I'll expect to see this pay off <laughs> soon. And the uh, the only other thing is that uh, the Cerebro unit is making a beeline for Black Tom, which is terrifying, given Absolutely. the immense importance he has on Krakoa as, you know, sort of like the monitoring system for the veg, as he likes to call it. The, the actual, yeah. like, physical pl- flora, fauna, inf- makeup of Krakoa. Which kind of raises the question of like, will X Force be able to take down a Black Tom Krakoa level threat? And if they can, is Krakoa going to be scared of X Force? These are all questions. <clears throat> I feel like that's a little more meta than I think <laughs> X Force is going to go. <laughs> yeah, but it made the resolution of this if. If Cerebrax gets to Black Tom, because that's the cliffhanger on um, for this right. issue. Right. If it gets to Black Tom, I wonder if this will just be like a reference point for a Krakoa focused plot thread down the line. Right. Who knows? Who knows? Moving on. Let's move on to oh, Marauders yeah. number um, three. Marauders three. Extinction Agenda Part Three. Okay. So okay. just we we didn't we didn't mention it in the last time in the last pod when we covered uh marauders but so this precog who is revealed to be part of the kin crimson right the secret order within the shiar empire that holds and protects secrets delphos. blah 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 delphos was a big part of the plot in secret x-men which we read on a previous episode of the pod where they basically distanced Xandra both from an X-Men team and from Deathbird crucially and abducted her with help of the Sidri and dropped her on the other side of the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> and and now she's like left alone to fight them by herself. And uh she is surviving. Yep, borderline thriving. Right. <laughs> Which is funny because from my perspective, <laughs> most of my exposure to Deathbird has been the cartoon. I remember um, her from the cartoon. Or something. Because it's not comics. She's never around <laughs> in the last 20 years of comics. She's around okay. a couple of times. But yeah. like, she's always been... Uh, for lack of a better phrase, the throwaway villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she can't hold her own. Like she gets beat all the time because right. she's like the villain of the week. But she's always shown as the like the reason why something happened. And so uh-huh. then you gotta fight her, but then she she loses in the next like two minutes. And so like and then the <laughs> the real like danger of the arc is revealed through that. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I have this skewed, poorly educated vision of Deathbird as not a threat. <laughs> right. But she's stranded on this planet killing everything. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. Go Deathbird. <sighs> ooh, ooh. Cassandra Nova does more of her um, black bug room stuff. 
Yeah, that she oh. did in Astonishing and in New X Men, and that was yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, it is also interesting to note because I didn't put it together, but Deathbird and Cassandra are both Xandra's aunts, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just a just a, a real random, you know, pairing of commonality for these extremely different characters. <laughs> Very versatile killers. Yes. <laughs> oh man, and yeah. and they really do a good job. I, I'm, I have to say, I'm 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 not enjoying this volume of Marauders as much as I liked the last one, but they're doing yeah. a very good job of making Cassandra Nova terrifying as fuck, and just <laughs> like truly fucked up and creepy. Yeah, she's she's yeah, she's the new insane bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just gleefully evil. Yes. Yes. You don't get that very often. Yeah. Those who just have a great time being just complete manslaughterers. Right. <laughs> so we get a little more <laughs> we get a little more insight or I guess more exploration of the 10 Shames. Well, we learn what, we learn what the wet skin is because <laughs> because Cassandra Nova just destroys. Yeah, like you were saying with bug the bug room takes the takes the dragon kin crimson into the bug room, tears it apart psychically, and then through that is like, oh, I found out what the wet skin is. It is. <laughs> A lobotomized symbiote who has been trained to become your blood. (laughs) 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 Wild. Absolutely wild. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah, anyway. So, the wet skin is a symbiote. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. And it and this is arguably not the first time we've seen a symbiote be blood and sweat. Oh, uh, the f- when you get a full bonding like what Carnage and Cletus Cassidy had, it becomes your blood. Anyway, Weird. so yeah, so conceptually, that's not the first time, but lobotomized, a completely lobotomized symbiote. Yeah. We've seen them sedated. Uh, that's what sure. Agent Venom was, but mm. uh, completely just basically killed and brain dead is a whole new thing which is yeah, how have, you, oh my gosh oh. <laughs> just how you break the null like connection and just like be able to use something like a symbiote <laughs> post king and black stuff <laughs> just works <laughs> yeah i have not read any of the symbiote mythology so i will I will appreciate your freaking out about it, but I'm pretty much at, at, at the same spot that you would be when I start talking about shit like Edwin Martinek. <laughs> right. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's just, right. It's just one of those things where it's just like, man, like uh-huh. wet skin. Oh, duh. Like <laughs> you look at, you look at Eddie Brock doing his venom stuff and it's you know, like, that's some wet real skin. wet skin right there. That yeah. checks out. Uh, ah, and then, so there's a uh, there's an, uh, there's a text entry detailing Talon A the Red and 
diving into this history between the Shi'ar and the Raptors, which is Dark Hawk, right? Dark Hawk is a Raptor, yeah. And so because they they <laughs> they both have like avian space characteristics right and yeah they even address it in that article of just like you know you'd think we'd be similar or cousins but we have very different <laughs> beliefs and they had to go <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of this raptor order the raptor stuff i think that was introduced in whatever annihilation storyline had dark hawk i don't the think that was of the background the, yeah yeah i don't think that was part of his backstory before that but anyway yeah it, he was he was for those he was a new warrior it was new whatever. warrior he was kind of like beetle he was kind of like blue beetle from uh. dc like <laughs> regular joe his name's chris i think yeah finds has- finds an artifact it attaches to him he turns into a superhero like right. <laughs> <laughs> that was his thing and then there was like when he's wearing it, he gets these dark impulses like Venom and like, sure, that was kind of his thing. And then he also found out down the line, come Annihilation, they expanded that to he's from the Order of Raptors. Well, he found something that was from the Order of Raptors. When you transform into Dark Hawk, it transposes your body from physical form into their like world mind tree thing right the data uh, song the, the yeah the data song and so your your physical body when you're in dark hawk mode you can go all out because uh, right. there's not gonna be any toll on your body <laughs> right and the more in tune to the data song you are the more phys- the more offensive capabilities your dark hawk suit will have right so on and so yeah, forth yeah yeah so yeah, so there's only so. So they're many just fully incorporating raptors. this into Shi'ar yeah. mythology yeah. as well. And that was the other thing is like in Annihilation, and since then, I don't know if there was any mention. No, of, of course, Shi'ar rivalry. There may have been. I don't know. Yeah. But like you know, like stuff with like you know the scroll original scroll homeworld being devoured by Galactus, like right. Is has that always been a thing? Is is it now a thing? I don't know. Yeah, so just fun, <laughs> just <laughs> factoring in other intergalactic stuffs is is awesome. Anyway, Sanjanova's a badass, and then oh, it, it ends with hmm? oh, just meanwhile, for almost the entire issue, the the X-Men. You know, or, or the Marauders. the The last issue ended up on this sort of like cliffhanger where they are, their spaceship is blown off. They are floating in outer space. They go into Somnus's like dreamscape to formulate a plan, and you know they're like combining tempos, time slowing ability with Somnus's you know like dream <laughs> world with Aurora's super speed with you know to just like formulate a plan they're like all right we're 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 coming on a plan we've got the best plan you know and aurora's like we're going through a million plans in a second we're gonna get the best one and then they they get so they're pulled up by a tractor beam into the shiar ship with xandra in it and they're 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 caught immediately 
they're like, oh, I, I guess that part of the plan is busted. It's like, you just had like an issue and a half of buildup of like, okay, we're making a plan. Oh, it's going to be a really good plan. Meanwhile, Cassandra Nova is just absolutely wrecking face. They're like, it's only been seven seconds. And she's just like destroyed Eric the Red and the dragon he rode in on. And... <laughs> And then they're like, all right, time for our plan. Fuck, we got caught. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a new team. <laughs> they're figuring themselves out. It's just, it's, I mean, if that's the way you want to play it, then 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 play it like that. But don't put all of this build up into like, all right, we got ooh, we got the most incredible plan in the world. Ah oh, shit. <laughs> I think it was it was either that. Or have them be passed out, right? Um, to because you want to spend time diving into Kin Crimson and letting Cassandra Nova have like this is her first time back in like twenty years. So like yeah, yeah. Ass. I I get but, I get the, yeah. the 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 plot necessity of it. It's just weird pacing. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end of it, Xandra's like, all right. Uh, and basically turns on Delphos and is like, no, we're going to get to the bottom of this. The X-Men, the mutants, they're still my friends. Yes. And yeah, Sandra's just like, we're doing, we're going to go find out what the, well, I'm going to show you guys what the, what the first shame or whatever is. Right. Uh, Meanwhile, Delphos is like, well, Guess we're I guess we gotta deal with Xandra and Xandra's like no and she gets all psychic-y on her. Yeah. And then puts her down, has her get locked up, and they hop in ship. So they being Xandra and the Marauders and a couple of Xandra's like men to pilot the ship go and they're going to the crag. Um, yeah. which is the Shiar's like crag most with a famous K. giant prison. Man, they've had a lot of space prisons. Just yeah, <laughs> they, <laughs> like they okay, have, so <laughs> they have a prison that is, I think it's five galaxies wide. Yeah, that's where <laughs> that's where that's where the star brand is born. Was born. Yeah, they also had a prison in X Men right before the like. The the little mini arc in between the twelve and Warren Ellis's takeover, he was just like <laughs> randomly on that Shi'ar prison for no god good goddamn reason. And then they also had another one in Warren Ellis's Star Jammers miniseries. They've got a lot of fucking prisons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> we could get into uh, some real some real USA <laughs> shit here. <laughs> I was yeah, I was gonna I was gonna talk something about like when when you're a multi-star system wide. Yeah, when empire. you were the, the the hegemonic empire of you know your your political space, you tend to round up lots of prisoners. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to take up, you need to just, you know, dedicate a couple of galaxies to a prison. Jesus Christ. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> but anyway, they get to the crag with a K because that's where the like 
documents detailing uh, the first chain are. And they get there and Shi'ar guards are like, welcome, Zandra, you're amazing. Please die. And right. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the cliffhanger is her getting shot by a beam and everyone being like, and then it ends. Right. And for if you were reading this in real time, you would have to wait a month to find out what happens next. Right. We have to wait a few days. Right. Moving along. Knights of X let's, number two. Let's, let's keep it going. Yeah. Knights yeah. number two. So in my experience and in, in my very limited experience in writing comics, you write uh-huh. an issue one of, of a, of a mini series of a short series. You want to prove the concept. You want to, you know, like grab readers quickly and, and kind of just like make a big splash. And then issue two is where you kind of take a step back and, and introduce and develop uh, some of the concepts that are going to be going through the the broader you know the the series as a whole i feel like uh-huh. that's really all that happened here uh, <laughs> we're we're just this was a real step back and and take stock issue mad jim gets captured and his power is taken away by uh cuffs of of the blight whatever um, light spoke i think light right. spoke yeah we learned that Mordred's mutant power is just to piss people off. Is that what it was? I think so. Is it to agitate? I think or so. Something? Gambit is sneaking Pop-Tarts into the persecuted and, and occupied people of, of other world. And there's been a coup in Blightspoke and they are mining that sort of like power, power stealing fluid. Or what have you, man? It, things are weird. Anything else that the other world is a strange place. <laughs> Do you have anything else from that issue? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> the team is split up right now. Shatterstar, Victor, Mordred, and Betsy are going to Sevalith. Well, they've been on like this, like stealth mission all issue right you don't see a whole lot of movement from them and then you find out at the end of the, the last page is that they're in Sevalith and they're being right. watched by vampires the rest of the team megan gambit bay and the this new guy that i keep on forgetting his name kylan kylan they're trying to rescue mad jim jaspers because he's going to get executed publicly in the crooked market right and it's just a mad dash it's it's the beginnings of a rescue mission split into a stealth mission yep issue <laughs> yep <laughs> not with not with, a whole with, right home about with pop tarts uh um, do you want to just keep going Should i have nothing else wolverine? for that yeah yeah it's fine wolverine 23 21 wolverine 21 I didn't mention it in the last. Uh, so this is continuing on with the plot from the last issue of Wolverine, where it's um, Deadpool is sort of like taking over the book and they're doing a team up to recover something that was on auction that was believed to be Wolverine's hand from earlier in the series and turns out to have something to do with danger. 
aka the literal actual danger room. The AI that used to that lived in the danger room post yeah. Shiar upgrade. Yes. <laughs> and every every one of these issues begins with this this sort of like circular panel work mm-hmm. that kind of like is demonstrating Deadpool's influence. It kind of looks like a Deadpool logo. And watching. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate that. That's all. I, I I like I like making a little motif out of out of the panels and the panel shapes. I, I imagine it's fun to have been writing a Wolverine comic and then writing a takeover comic. Yeah. <laughs> where where like you get to write Deadpool. Like yes. <laughs> I feel like Deadpool is such a fun character that totally I would assume it would be fun to have him as a side character in your book because you can be self-referential and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So that was fun. Yeah, so plot-wise, Deadpool had a meetup with a handful of people from his past, i.e. Weasel, who is no longer dead. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a real shifting goalpost there. I I actually I I remember that issue <laughs> when he came back from hell he made a deal with Mephisto to deal with Deadpool somehow but basically Deadpool was took his daughter to a theme park and a literal hole to hell opened up in the middle of the theme park <laughs> and Weasel came out <laughs> he was like I'm here to I'm here to F with you Deadpool and he's like I'm trying to show my girl a good time like why, why are you here and like <laughs> Weasel tries to deal with them but and Deadpool just Deadpools and uh, yeah. Weasel leaves and then so now we have Weasel back to his arms dealer days and Deadpool's like hey Water to the bridge. Give me some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> blind Owl gets a reference here. Um, yeah, good old Blind Owl. And they do the, they, they call out the cliche of Blind Owl had a bad cough last time we saw her. That means she's I know. definitely, you know, horrendously sick. And I pointed that bad cough out. And I was like, that usually means somebody's really sick. <laughs> good on yeah, them I love for self-referential yeah. Deadpool yes good totally they were describing the, the Wolverine hand that was recovered as you know like the veins are made of wires and that there's oil yeah. instead of blood and blah 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 and it's, basically it's not adamantium and steel <laughs> I, for a brief second I was hoping it was Albert <laughs> I like Albert <laughs> I I thought Albert was really dumb when I first heard of Albert. And then uh, I read the issues where he was first introduced and I was like, Oh no, this is a lot of fun. Albert and LCD so that is Larry Hama, who we've talked about plenty on this show in the past, <laughs> but Larry Hama is best where he's just like, I don't know. This is fun. Fuck it. Let's just tell a crazy story. There's a little kid robot and who is a bomb and a robot clone of Wolverine who's named after Albert Einstein because he's a fucking super genius. Cool. We we we've we've got characters here. Let's play with them. And and they were really fun whenever they showed up. That would have been that would have been a cool deep cut. Yeah. So Deadpool in his eternal 
desire to get invited back onto X Force. He's <laughs> uh, trying to help Wolverine. Wolverine doesn't want his help because, which I feel is strictly just for the story. It's for the story. Like, yeah, they've worked because Wolverine of times. is as much of a team player as literally anyone else out there. <laughs> totally. Yes. He's been on every team. (laughs) (laughs) Simultaneously. (laughs) For him to not want help from somebody is uncharacteristic. And just because you want to write a stubborn Logan instead of a 300-year-old man who understands what it it means to have help. (laughs) (laughs) To have allies. Anyway, so it ends with Deadpool getting his upgraded teleportation belt from Weasel and then Weasel Weasels and when Deadpool teleports him Wolverine away, it goes to an adamantium cage because adamantium you can buy on the black market and turns out Weasel double-crossed him because he's working with Maverick and yada yada yada. (sighs) Classic characters being classic characters. And and so it was all for this briefcase I was supposed to have Wolverine's hand in it turns out it doesn't and it has this like it's the this is like the last page thing yeah it looks it looks like a danger cerebro yeah that's Um, what i was gonna say it's it it's like a danger like it almost looks when i first saw it kind of looked like a vr set because it's got like yeah hands and a headset and like feet Mm -hmm. yeah it looked it, we're quick. Yeah. We're quickly gonna learn that it's it's a little it's a little disassembled chibi danger, right? It, it kind of looks like it would form like the little figure thing that we use for for tracking whose turn it is when we're playing magic. Playing magic, yeah. yeah. It look it looks like it's gonna be about like that size, <laughs> or at least those uh, dimensions, proportions. Yeah, is what I'm really thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Anything else from Wolverine 21? I don't. I got nothing, so. man. <laughs> this one. Yeah. <laughs> Wolverine and Knights of X are kind of the 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 soft hits in between the big hits of the other issues. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and, and, and X Force and Marauder. <laughs> I'm I, so I'm having a good time with Marauders. Okay, that's good. But yeah, X Force, I guess, is pretty weird with with uh, with this Cerebrax. Yeah, yeah, I don't like Cerebrax. <laughs> but Destiny Five, yes, is like the polar opposite of intensity. My me. God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Destiny of X Volume Five, we read. Immortal X-Men number three, Knights yep. of X number three, yep. Legion of X number two, yes. New Mutants 26, yes. Wolverine 22, X-Men Red number three. And what an issue to end on. No All kidding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> Immortal X-Men. Yeah. Open on a flashback of Destiny. When she first manifests her powers, she starts losing what she calls her human sight. Okay. Like, you know, her that's a that's eyesight way to become blind. Yeah, it is it, it is. it is cool. And so she has like the most clarity that she ever had in her life for her visions. And she writes them down into her diaries, which became a giant plot point throughout the early 2000s. 
And she's like, oh, I lied a bunch in those, by the way, because, you know, I had to obscure the 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 correct interpretations and findings of the truth and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> sure. Uh, but we do see just visually a few of her visions just like illustrated. Mm-hmm. And you've got one of Krakoa burning. One of a giant statue like the Tri-Sentinel from, from Genosha. And it's the, the three heads on it are Xavier Magneto. and Apocalypse. Oh, this, this second one. Sorry. I was thinking of the first one, mm. the, the opening page. Oh yeah. Go, okay. go for that. Oh, well just on the opening page when it shows like her mean powers first. Yeah. Showing up and she's has visions of days of future past. Yeah. Uh, looks like Phoenix saga. She sees Krakoa's face in the clouds over a mountain. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mystique's brotherhood. She sees uh, Shadow King, and, and, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a mall for Rook. No, that's Legion. A, that's how she died. Oh, was she was oh. killed by? Yeah, she was killed by Shadow King uh, possessing David. Got you. Yeah, uh, and then and, and the first X Men. Her, her first appearance was days of future past uh-huh. yeah cool. i think i'm pretty sure unless she was at least her first x-men appearance she may like mystique she may have been a uh carol danvers villain first but anyway yeah so we so those are kind of like the the visions that she has that we have already seen some, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like we kind of know what the deal is and where they're going. She has another page mm-hmm. of visions a little later that is full of plot threads that we haven't seen yet. That could be. Yeah. That could be. And I just want to walk through these real quick. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we've got a vision of Krakoa burning. Right. Got, which is what she told Mystique to do if they don't bring her back. Right. We've got. A giant statue that kind of looks like the Tri-Sentinel from Genosha, and it ha- the three heads on it are Xavier, Magneto, and Apocalypse. Is that who's on the left? I guess you just have to assume. I guess you just have to assume, yeah. Because it looks kind of like a Sentinel head. Mm. The way the way it's got like that beanie look. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. But it doesn't make a whole lot of sense with Magneto and Apocalypse. Right. And then and this looks got... like a vision from... Very um, soon, it looks like AXE. AXE. We we yeah. see a bunch of Avengers and a bunch of Eternals and a bunch of X Men fighting it out. So, and then we've got a bunch of mutants with sinister diamonds on their heads, in black, in, in black, like X Force black. <laughs> so we can kind of assume that that's Sins of Sinister, another named ooh, upcoming crossover, ooh, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got Exodus. Standing on a giant like mesa, basically, and a bunch of people worshiping him. Yeah, and then we've got Ilyana fully transformed dark into child Dark form. Child. Yeah, oh boy. And then and then there's a, another Dark Phoenix. <laughs> and then there's the Dark Phoenix. Yeah. So that's <sighs> terrifying. Oh man, precogs. Because <laughs> it's like. Right? It's one of those things where it's like if you don't get it in six one six, someone's gonna do it in a what if or a or an alt reality. Sure. Like, ah, jeez, show me, show me, show me, show me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess just right before that, 
there was hope on the quiet council finding out that she got she got duped oh yes the truth and and xavier finding out and and sinister reveling in the fact that he already knew that (laughs) mystique was the one who pulled all the strings to get destiny resurrected and and you know lied to everybody etc etc and gave the cerebro helmet to hope oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> this is such a crazy issue sorry we, it's funny. we also so, yeah i i i think my notes here absolutely over indexed on just like destiny vision stuff mm-hmm. uh and didn't follow the plot at all so if there there's any more plot that you want to go through before we talk about Destiny's sure. sort of flow chart, her potential this, timeline. Her this? Yes, yes. <laughs> so cool. Okay, 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 okay. What? Okay, so skipping over that, basically the only other, the only other thing that happens plot wise is uh, Destiny decides to write another diary. Yeah. Um, and does it after after Mystique knocks out because she knocked her out uh in bed and then yeah, Destiny's she diaries, she does she wants to write them privately because Mystique is not in any of these extended features that she sees. Right. And she does see we get a, a longer look at one of the Futures that she sees, which is God Exodus versus Sinister the Gene Corsair, which is <laughs> wild. And it's through the exploration of that that she learns that Sinister has cloned Moira and all of the shit that, you know, they were terrified of Moira for. Besides the being a, you know, mutant cure person, the, the fact that if she dies, the timeline erases and everything that they've built has been destroyed. That's still in play because Sinister can do it because he cloned her and is inserting her genes into his own body to have those powers. So, and now cool. Irene knows. And if and just this, all the sh- I love that she like sits up from her bed. She's like, "Oh my god, yeah, Nathaniel cloned her." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, so cool. But yeah, so like this God Exodus is giant. God like, Exodus is wild, yeah. Asteroid size at minimum. He seems to have the Phoenix Force. Yeah. Meanwhile, Gene Corsair Sinister is <laughs> piloting piloting a ship made of Shaw batteries. <laughs> oh my god, so gross. It's just it, it's just surrounded by like flesh. And saying, yeah, that's that's Sebastian Shaw's cloned tissue that we're we're using as basically like to break physics and and propel the ship because they can just absorb energy and then propel a fucking rocket ship with it. Massive amounts of kinetic energy stored inside the grown muscle of a long dead man. (laughs) Just so gross. So gross. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh okay so now that we've talked about the the plot thread because it ends with destiny saying raven's not in any of the futures right here web of destinies yes let's talk about talk? this 
this talk about again, this. She's got a fucking like infographic, just branching path of <laughs> po- of potential future realities that she has seen and the things that lead to various events along the way. I will say a lot of them have an event called Nimrod extinction on them, which is, you know, suitably terrifying. Yeah. Nimrod extinction event. Yeah. Which, oh man. Yeah. So the now branches off into four five, six, seven, eight potential futures, five of which and immediately after one event. <laughs> <laughs> Krakoa's dissolution, Nimrod extinction event, Cassandra supernova. F off. <laughs> um, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> the reign of A or apocalypse. Right. And then Legion 12. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll just do this short one. I'll let you go off on the other two. There's another one called the Spark Inquisition, which leads to limbic infernality. <laughs> they're just Yeah, they're, we're they're just we're just pieces of X stories. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. just adding on other syllables. <laughs> Limbo um, and inferno, I guess, were yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so but that but that future ends at the limbic infernality, which is probably inferno limbo stuff. Right. And then there's these other two. You go for it. I don't have it up right now. Okay. So the longest one, which is the one that we see pieces of. Yeah. Starts with Canticle for Talia. Is that Nocturne? Uh, oh. Talia, Talia Wag- uh, Wagner? Wagner? Talia Wagner? I, that is her. Yeah. 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 Oh, Nocturne. I forgot about Nocturne. Yeah. I mean, she's alt-universe, so she's not... (laughs) I would be really surprised to see her again. Oh, well, unless we get 616's Nocturne and it's it's Nightcrawler and this girl from Morocco. Oh, that that could be interesting. Because she's like, we ought to fuck. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the canticle leads to AVX 6. Which we haven't had two through five <laughs> Avengers versus X Men, but right, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's We're fine. just unless six yeah. is something else, which that branches off into four possible futures, all of which are three of which are extinction events, which are right. Nimrod extinction event, the immolation of Judas's, <laughs> and <laughs> the Dominion of Orcus, which is scary in itself. Yes. The fourth future is the Gene Corsairs, which we know get that's where it gets to because we see that in the next page. And that branches off into two possible features, which are Unity and The Expanse. Now, The Expanse, I want to say that's what the other nine-tenths of the universe is called. Oh, that, interesting. Um, post The Reckoning War. Um, right, opened right. Up. Yeah. I think it's called The Expanse. Okay. So, interesting. Now, yeah. the eighth possible future, which I think is where 616 is going towards. Okay. Because the first event on this branch is called Judgment Day. Right. And AXE's subtitle is Judgment Day. Right. So, <laughs> Judgment Day could potentially go into four separate futures. <laughs> 
<laughs> One is another Nimrod Extinction event. Nimrod just won't fucking stop. The Broken Sword, yeah. which there's all kinds of different swords. Could be any of them. A new Krakoa, which conceptually is kind of interesting. Yeah. But then the one that has a future is called the Empire of the Red Diamond. Which makes you think sinister. Which could be Sins of Sinister with all of the X-Men with diamonds on their foreheads. Yep. Which leads to the storm system. <laughs> it's, we have a voice of soul and her name right. is Storm. <laughs> right. <laughs> but here's the other thing. I guess for these events, just the fact that they don't go forward means that Sinister died in that event. Mm. So. So not the worst. <laughs> right. So it's it's not... It's not that like just because we got Judgment Day means we're only going to see a future of Marvel if the Empire of the Red Diamond happens. Right, right. And we're only going to, and the X-Men are all going to die off if the storm system happens. It's right. just that <laughs> Essex is going to die <laughs> at all of these different named events as we see that that's what happens to him in this future that we get to see a glimpse of. Right. With God Exodus. Man, just and the fact that Exodus hasn't gotten a cult following, like he and Adam Warlock need to just go hang out. Oh no, no, please no. <laughs> just, it's a whole oh man. Anyway, speaking so, of Adam yeah, Warlock, so, Guardians 3 was fun. Guardians 3 was fun. I really liked yeah. it. Yeah, me too. The, that's the end of this <laughs> not title, but um issue. Extinction, extinction of gen- agenda. It's like yeah. parts one, two, and three, or right? Because the next issue, issue four, is called "Diamonds Are Forever." Ah, uh, that's not terrifying at all. <laughs> so we're not going to. Re- actually, we are going to read that next week. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, fucking sinister. Because I was thinking Emma. Oh no. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Yeah, Immortal X-Men is very much a sinister title. I'm it's stupid. A... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. 45 minutes, five issues. Let's see this. Yep. Okay. Knights, Knights of, of X. X number three. Everyone's starting to call Rachel Ascani on Otherworld, which is weird right. because Ascani is a, you know, Cable's future, far, far future thing. And she was, Rachel is Mother Ascani, right? Like, She did found that religion and it's not, it's certainly a word that works for her, but weird that they would know it here. Yes. Agreed. And then we get the Knights of X team that's kind of hanging around with the the vampire dudes in Sevalith come across death in chains, just kind of hanging out. There's a cool note later that's like, yeah, he, he, he just kind of like he's he can't be bothered like he'll he'll take his time like <laughs> the you know box was like yeah death is the only one who really like understands what it means to to kind of like bide your time and make things happen to your own benefit and that's why he's my most terrifying child um and and <laughs> yeah. and and the hardest the hardest horseman to fill right and selfless yeah 
so death translates this story the from the grimoire of apocalypse that richter's been carrying around and basically it is the story of mr m absalon mercator and how apocalypse basically recruited him to become the sovereign of this part of otherworld which had been kind of like raised abandoned emptied out destroyed and said like hey this is a good place for people to leave you alone and you know you're welcome to it but you're gonna need to be involved at some time and he slipped him the siege perilous so that's so now we know where Where the the MacGuffin that this whole series is about is and mr m is a reality warper uh, yes, omega level. Omega level. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's all I know about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, so when we talked about him, so back, gosh, was it Ten of Swords that they talked about how Mr. M is the head of, because he got name dropped in like House of Ten. Yeah. When, um, Very early. Like they were, they were looking at his list of DNA samples. And Mr. they're, M well, they were the going through have. The, the full list of Omega Mutants. Omegas. And they had, you know, Mr. M and it was like, whereabouts unknown. It's like, oh man. And then 10 of swords. And it's like, oh, he has a realm. (laughs) Yeah. In other world, but we've, he's been off screen every, anytime the, the leaders of the realms meet, he's always, he always sends like a representative or just doesn't show. Yeah. And he hasn't been used as a character and has been mostly presumed dead. Since the early 2000s, he was sort of like a central character in District X, which was kind of like Bishop's cop book during the new X-Men, the Grant Morrison run era, where, you know, there's this giant proliferation of, of mutants and they have kind of taken a a neighborhood in Manhattan, Alphabet City, renamed it Mutant Town. And he's kind of like a key figure in the in the goings on there. I don't remember it really well, but I remember I think I remember it being pretty pretty good. And then after M Day with uh, the 198 miniseries, he is involved in that, and he gets presumably assassinated, but uh, also like ascends to a higher realm of existence, and has been. You know, this is the first time he's appeared on panels, I think, since then. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and oh, so, so, Shogo, yeah, so Shogo's getting his training from Saturn mm-hmm. 9 and and Roma. And <sighs> and the whole the whole issue is kind of just like stuffed with this foreshadowing of like this is a quest and somebody is going to have to make the ultimate sacrifice, like you know, in order to blah blah blah, you know. And Richter's like, I'm going to be the one to be, you know, to sacrifice. And we're kind of afraid for Shogo because, because comics like to remove people from the unfortunate position of being parents. (laughs) And instead it's Gambit. And they're like, yeah, they're like, you, you, you think I'm afraid of dying. I've been death. Right. (laughs) Okay. And I he's holding and he's holding a, a death card. I'm not a fan. And it, it's you're not, not a even, fan of him being the death. It, it's not even that I'm not a fan of him 
I'm not exact. I'm not a fan of that story. I thought it was a crap story. I, I usually love Peter Milligan. I thought his run on X-Men was horrendous. And I thought that that whole like blood of apocalypse story arc was just truly bad. So it's, it's less like, Oh, how could they turn Gambit into death? You know, blah, blah, blah. and more like, uh, let's just, let's just do our best to forget this ever happened because then we can like, it, it it's also such an anticlimax from the 12 because you're, you're trying to build up this like, Oh, this is like the final apocalypse story. Give them a, you know, like, yeah, we, we executed it bad, but we gave like a real final send off to this like terrifying villain and, and gave, you know, this, this sort of feeling with, with some finality. And then they uh, like four years later, they're like, Oh God, what do we do now? Uh, apocalypse again? Yeah, sure. Apocalypse again. Fine. And it was, it was dreadful. So that's all. Yeah. So having not read any of that. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of liked it. Yeah. Um, Just from a, like a referential type thing. Uh, I mean, for a story. If they're going to bring it back, this is a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like I've, I've read stories where like, it's, it's like the, the dark side transformation is like, Oh, I'm becoming death right. again. You know, you push yeah. me too far. And then that They've just kind of like, like reference. Right. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't, I don't like that as a trope in general. I, I don't, I don't like it for Archangel, for example. Yeah, um, I was gonna. I was gonna say it's like Archangel's entire thing, <laughs> and it, it wasn't for a long time. And then they're just like, "Oh, all he does is fly." How do we? How do we? How do we make him cool? He was really mm. cool when he was blue and and shot like things. Broody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they just keep keep dipping back into that. Well, you'll notice. You'll notice that. Wolverine has not had these problems. <laughs> Never once. He's also been death, and they're like, "No, Wolverine is perfectly cool by himself. We don't need to." Right. So he, when his dark he's side comes out, that he away just, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. When when he when he gets pushed too hard and his dark side comes out, that's just regular ass Wolverine. He just goes into a berserker <laughs> rage and kills a bunch of people without any sort of ancient evil influence. Yeah, but. So if you're going to do it, I, I feel like this uh, has a chance to be a good way to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm actually interested to see how that, like, how permanent is that? Because, like, Gambit, Gambit's a big name. He's a big name. And, and to kill him in Otherworld. Right. And you've got, you know, these, I mean, you've got, rogue as part of the x-men you've got destiny hating gambit right now like uh <laughs> right he's a bit he's a big he's he's not small he's not he's not a small player no in kirkoa x like yeah from a like a and, banter and, and the x-men franchise in in general like you know like rock slide is is a character that like fans like and and having having his uh you know, resurrection, uh, basically like if if he's off the table permanently as a character, you're like, well, that's a bummer, but I understand the, the franchise, like they're, they're not really going to 
It's not that the X-Men franchise can't survive without Gambit. It's not like he has that kind of plot armor. It's just more like they don't want to take a character that long-standing and popular off the table. Right. Like for good. So there's some, which makes me think something's up. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's one, it's, it's other world. It's magic. And like, right. He died utilizing the death tarot card. Right. He died in an explosion. It only shows a bloody hand. Like there's enough. And he says, I've been death. So like, is he gonna is oh just, god is he gonna his next issue is he's gonna stand up with his black skin and like right exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah white hair yeah, I don't know. yeah we'll see where that goes but as far as it like to your point if you were ever to <laughs> reference the fact that he was the a horseman of apocalypse and death this is a at least a useful way to do it totally yeah 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 okay 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 so legion of x number two it ends with or the last issue ended with um, there was the trickster god from Morocco that has been brought into existence through belief. <laughs> yes. Um, and it ran away to Krakoa. And so Morocco has recruited Nightcrawler and his legionnaires to track down the trickster god and bring it back. Right. That's one of the prevailing plots, plot threads. Yeah. And it ends with that character. God, what is her name? Mother Righteous. Mother Righteous, yeah. Mother Righteous seeing Ruth and Legion in the astral plane. And it's just like, hey, do you want me to give you your full potential? She's basically she's like, I can uh, give you black power. vortexing. Yeah. She's yeah, she's like, I can give you the power that you want for you know what something. And I'm over here like, how much more fucking power does Legion, Legion need? really need? <laughs> like, yeah, seems seriously. like he's good. So from the vision that she gives him, yeah. it seems to be political power. <laughs> sure. Uh, and not like mutant power. Right. Because it shows him being the head of the circle the council right. quiet council yeah. with old man nightcrawler in the back <laughs> bald and with a couple of bamps by his side uh blindfold being the new destiny yes which is cool <laughs> and then yeah. krakoa in the back and him talking his speech with him saying to me my x-men but his speech bubble is phoenixy yes and he's got a glowing he's got a burning zorn head <laughs> <laughs> A very interesting potential feature. <laughs> We've got a brewing conflict here between the Legionnaires and X Force. You know, Kurt is is saying like very distinctly, like you know, we don't bug our own people. And Sage is at the bar with him, and she's like, "Yeah, what he said." <laughs> and and then like you know you learn by the end of the issue no they have these things called singing stones they are indeed bugging their own people the whole island is surveilled upon so that is something to watch looking forward banshee 
comes in and everybody's like, oh man, he just got killed by Moira, poor guy, you know? <laughs> and he's like acting all weird and his accent is slipping in and out and, there, and nobody really pays it in mind. And then they're like, wait a minute. And it turns <laughs> out he's being possessed by this mutant switch, the, uh, the skin jacker or whatever. And by the end of the issue, Mother Righteous appears to him because he's just all fucked up by all of this. But like regular Banshee back as his own self post switch mm-hmm. and makes him the offer in his vulnerability, which is terrifying. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Banshee is like, I feel weird saying it, but like a watered down black bolt. <laughs> Uh-huh. So, so like he had we we we've seen what the potential of like <laughs> an extreme an omega levels, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that is going to be. I think that's going to be pretty interesting. And just I'm liking the character design in this issue. Like I like I like Pixie and. Lost's uh, costume, Legionnaire yeah. costumes. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> Kane Marco without his helmet just kind of looks funny. Uh-huh. Um, I like uh, whatever her freaking name, Mother Righteous Zen, design. Oh, Mother Righteous, yeah. Zen is a really cool design. Yeah. Just a lot of original takes on stuff. Yeah. And Beast being all beasty and like... Yes. <laughs> just... All of my complaints for the last years about Beast, it is fun to see him be acrobatic and fight again. Totally for yeah. all of two pages, and and so the the background on that is is Zen, you know, makes her way into the X Force compound HQ. So, and that that's how we find out that you know, or how the the Legionnaires, how how uh, Nightcrawler finds out that X Force is bugging the populace. And she has a, a quick little duel with Beast, which is a fun fight scene and also leads to the line where, you know, she's like slicing into him and Sage is like, ah, he could afford to lose a few pounds. <laughs> and he's like, I heard that. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yeah, it's um, it's kind of interesting because Knights of X is very much a like spiritual story. Yeah, And so it's just kind of like peppered with action here and there. And that's right. never the actual point of the plot. Right. Um, and that's that's fun to see. Yes. Oh, you mean uh, Legion of X? Not Sorry, Legion of X. What did yeah. I say? Knights? Yeah, it's uh, fine. Yeah, Legion of X. The other other thing, they're, they're, they're closing in on a switch. And this switch plot is progressing through. He, they, I, who knows what switches original gender may have been but uh they possess juggernaut for a little bit and then kick pixie out of the sort of like soul dagger interrogation of juggernaut and there is some uh some magic stuff going on and so we're 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 kind of we're figuring some things out here and the 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 plot with the the smoke mutant guy and he kind of like fully comes to grips with the fact that he killed his wife and he's sad yeah we'll see where that goes um yep. oh next week <laughs> okay 
Number four is New Mutants. New Mutants um, 26. Issue 20. Yes, 26. So the last issue, New Mutants, ended off with the team. And so Ileana confronts Sim, who had a basically a mace that destroyed her soul dag- her soul sword. Without that, she doesn't have control over Limbo anymore. She also doesn't have control over her stepping discs. So she's unable to teleport them out of Limbo. So they're wandering along through Limbo in the snow. And they come across uh, a Madeline horde of demons. Madeline is not cold. Madeline is yeah, dressed in nothing, doing fine. Good observation. Well, it was just weird because none of them are cold. That's true. Yeah. I would not expect Rain to be cold because she just goes furry. It's fine. Right. Yeah. But like magic, her she her entire midriff is exposed. Right. Danny's just skin tight uh right. spandex. And then Madeline's in a bikini and boots and a cape. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> it's amazing what telekinesis can do to keep warm air around you or something. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they're wandering along in the snow and they come across uh, a bunch of demons attacking a sort of big old building. And on top of the building, fighting them off is old woman Ileana with a techno-organic arm holding a warlock sword and a big-ass gun. Right. Odd. But Odd. (laughs) I don't know. I... I don't know what to make out of this issue, if I'm real honest. (laughs) Yeah. I get that time works weird in limbo. Time works weird in limbo. That's really the main thing. Like, really, really weird. Yeah, and so that old woman, Ileana, defeats all the demons that are at the gate. All the techno-organic demons. Yeah, sorry. Yes, they are techno-organically. And that's a long-standing thing that, you know, like, preceded Inferno. So Sim and this other demon, Nister, who were the main antagonists for Inferno, they became technically techno-organically infected after the new mutants came to Limbo in defense of Ileana one time. And um, Warlock touched something, spread some TO virus, and uh, Sim and Nister got it. So this is like a, a long-standing uh, hmm. thing that in limbo for the demons to also be techno organic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they, so she fights them off and then the young ones show up and she's like, Hey, come on in. And like, I was, <laughs> as I was reading, like they, you know, the catch up conversations and, and references to what happened to the rest of them over the time that they're there. Yada, 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 yada. I was thinking about it and I was like, man, if anyone else was the old lady version this conversation would have taken so much longer. <laughs> yeah. The magic is so just, straight to the point. Just no bullshit. Yeah. It's like, wow, you're me. How are you? What's nope. Just like, Hey, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I remember this. Okay. So come on in. <laughs> yep. We get, we get a cool sort of text page conversation between young magic and Madeline and kind of going through again, why give, ownership of of limbo regency of limbo Mm. to madeline and it's basically like you know you've had men sort of like deciding your life for you 
forever. You know, sinister Cyclops Havoc, you exist in an orbit that resentfully circuits circuits them or circles them. And it reminds her of her own life with Belasco, et cetera, manipulating her. And she's like, I need my freedom from this. You need your freedom from your past. This is good for both of us. And I've put things into the contract that I'm sure you'll be able to break. But for the meantime, you won't be able to attack us from here. So cool. Again, I I know I mentioned this last week, but this is such a outrageous thing to do. Just put this recently <laughs> resurrected supervillain in the seat of power where she could perform her worst, you know, villainous scheme. Just reenact the it whole completely. hell dimension. Yeah. That, like it's its own separate dimension so it can have its own sorcerer supreme. Right. <laughs> it's one and, of the 13 hells. Yeah. And, and to just like give that to her is such a horrible idea on its face. That I'm glad they went over and above to try and explain it. And right. in a way that by the end of it, you're like, okay, I, you know, I might not buy into the... I don't support it, but I get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. I hope it's not yeah. short-lived. And, you know, we saw all of those premonitions of Dark Child stuff in Immortal right. X-Men. So you got to watch out for that because that was also a big part of Inferno, right? Was yeah. the, the one the one side of the of the plot was the Madeline plot finally like coming to a head and her trying to bring Limbo to Earth. But the other side of it was um, magic finally like fully being taken over by the dark child persona. So mm-hmm. this they these seem to be connected and that's one of the sort of like terrifying visions that Destiny had. So something to keep an eye on, I suppose. I just kind of like the banter between young Ileana and old Ileana. Like you said, very no nonsense and they they figure their shit out really well. Mm-hmm. I mean at, yeah at the end of it yeah. Uh, what's her face? Uh, old Ileana wins by taking out Sim's card, and no, no, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, has has a final face off with Sim and and defeats him, and um, yeah, so takes out Ileana the Sim card, sword. and yeah, the core of Sim, I suppose it's called, and yeah, fuses uses that in- Sim's core and makes a new sword. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because Ileana's had the same soul sword for so long. Right. And, and, and now it, she's got a new one. It's not just that she's had the same soul sword. That soul sword has been passed along from her to Kitty Pride and then to and then to uh, Amanda Sefton and then was stolen by Margali Zardos. Blah 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 blah. It's been like a major thing. And then in the brand new run of New Mutants, they destroy it in a page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. But now she has a new sword uh, powered yeah. by Sim. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it is black instead of white. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, cool, I'm back. And then that. The story basically ends and there's a couple yeah. pages more of this like <sighs> um, storybook tale back. Yeah. retelling yeah. of Ileana in limbo as a child yeah not much to to like that really needs 
recap. Right. Well, or... so are they are they telling this because it's never been put on to page? I think so. Yeah, I think it's never really fully been like told with this level of of fidelity. It's always been kind of it. I feel like I actually I'm not sure because <laughs> I this is one of the things that I wanted to go back and read. Like, how the hell did Ileana become? You know, uh, mm. magic and because she she was taken to limbo initially in I want to say an issue of X-Men, you know, like little kid Ileana, six or seven years old or whatever. And then she gets lost and captured there mostly as a way to torture Colossus because it's Claremont's fucking favorite thing to do is just (laughs) make life exponentially shittier for Colossus all the time. (laughs) And then they eventually, you know, brought her back as a character in new mutants and She's aged up to a teenager and you see bits and snippets of, of, you know, what happened. But I think that this is just filling in details that didn't need to be filled in necessarily. Okay. Just like you, uh, this yeah, is all, all like, stuff I, that you could, could kind of like into it. Right. It just, it this felt- is all implied pretty, pretty well. Maybe just like to fill you in. If you, if, to, to like the nature and depth of her trauma in limbo, as if growing up in hell wasn't enough, you know, just for people who never read the, that are initial new mutants story while okay. also treading new ground, but it's not like it, it it's doesn't really seem to be doing anything. Got you. Yeah, I was just curious because I was like, why? why? Like, I I thought this was a retelling and it didn't make sense to me. Right. And literally they, they while we were recording, I was like, oh, wait, maybe it never got shown. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> and they do match the art style of like oh, 80s of the original comics yeah. pretty well. Should we move on? Yeah, let's move along. So Wolverine 22. Uh, Wolverine 22, I can sum up in like two sentences if you want. Do me it. To. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wolverine, Deadpool, get out. They fight the Cerebro, the dangerous Cerebro bot, and yeah. Blind Al drives a car and <laughs> ends with them being told that danger is at the Westchester school. At the school, yep. The original X. It's literally an escape issue. <laughs> yep, that's it. Um, but the Cedri are at the X Mansion. So, right. Well, I really or, hope they don't just drop that. <laughs> <laughs> I read ahead a little bit because we we're recording so late this week. Mm. I don't know whether you're going to be. They they address it. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. I'll take okay. addressing. It's That's better than just having a completely separate mansion that doesn't have a CG hive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I address might be a strong of a word. Okay. Deadpool addresses it. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Okay. <laughs> I'll take that. I will absolutely okay. take that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So that's Wolverine 22. It there. It's yeah. there hasn't been anything major that feels no. worth talking about in Wolverine no. for 22 issues. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just Wolverine doing Wolverine things. It's like just surfing Wolverine with an adamantium surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know so his 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 classic favorite pastime, his go-to his hobby hobbies he's, since he's always loved. Right. 
the hell is wrong with you? You don't remember how much Wolverine loves surfing. You're not a real fan. Ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, uh, read it if you want, viewers and listeners. Sure. I don't recommend it. X-Men well, it's Red, just like, though. yeah, X-Men Red's great. It's not even like we're we're giving recommendations or not giving recommendations. I feel like reader, listeners know that we come to this from a place of sickness and we, you know, will read all of this regardless of whether we expect it to be good, whether we're enjoying it, you know, that this is that this is not I mean, we enjoy reading good stories. We're happy when they come about, but that's not what we're really doing here <laughs> and as such this isn't really a, re- a review show this isn't a podcast where we you know like the main point of it isn't to 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 say this was great go buy right. and read it <laughs> nine know. out of ten <laughs> yeah no it, it's it's just like all right we're we're keeping ourselves up to speed on on what's going on yeah yeah basically Unless um, there is a title that we really want people to read. Well, yeah. I mean, if something's, me. if something's great, then like, like I, I want to sing its praises. Yeah. And, and I want to, you know, give it, give it its flowers. Like I, yeah. I like I said, I appreciate the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. X-Men okay, Red. So, X-Red 3. Yeah. The cover for X-Red yes. 3 has Tarn gripping Magneto by the helmet and Magneto getting <laughs> all over yeah. the place the way that Tarn does. And that's scary. Okay. So all of his flesh um, and stuff just pouring away yeah. and eyes and such. Um, so the issue starts. Yeah. With bringing cable back. Yep. And I'm a little sad because his arm is back to the metal arm instead of the like super uh-huh. cool Tron glowy. <laughs> T.O. arm that he had when before he died, but whatever, it's fine. And then Thunderbird walks in on the resurrection and basically talks some shit. And he's like, Are you ready to are you ready to do this? Cable turns on his stealth arm so that to shield them away from all surveillance, including telepathic surveillance, and they get down to business along with turns out manifold. And this <laughs> is this is their secret group that is like, all right, we know Abigail Brand is up to some bullshit. Some of us are going to stay on the inside and pretend, you know, it seems like Cable is. I really like this, by the way, because I don't like the idea that Cable doesn't see into Brand and is right. following her along, like, unquestioningly and loyally. Like, he has no reason to be loyal to her. And he is too fucking smart and too experienced to 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 just like let this scheming shit go by. So yeah, so agreed, we have a full-on like counter conspiracy, a full-on group who is meeting in secret to basically keep tabs on brand. And that's cool. Yeah, see, and it's, oh man. And and it's three great characters, it's it's cable. It's John Proudstore. Despite their differences, they they hash it out again over over James and and how much he uh, John resents the fact that Cable turned him into a soldier, and Manifold, who is also fucking great. And they're like, "All right, we're we're meeting, we're talking. What do we do?" They don't really come back to this in this issue, but I'm really stoked to see where this goes. It's super tangent. I've yes. decided that I want to do. 
a line on my merch store of different characters from comics was right. Uh-huh. <laughs> like Magneto was right. Nick Fury yeah, was right. Yeah. I want to do a brand was right. <laughs> Ooh. That's a hard sell. <laughs> and well, dude. Uh, well, okay. Because she, yeah, she's, she's getting pretty bad, but she so far has been correct until this issue. But like <laughs> all her stuff in how she's been dealing with the Kree Skrull empire and stuff, it's oh. like super schemey and super like, you know, yeah. like just backdoor channels and shit. And she's, totally. oh man, like she's, she's the space Nick Fury, even though Nick Fury is the man on the wall. So like, <laughs> <laughs> even though Nick Fury is also the space Nick Fury, she is the space Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm going to put like a little like insignia or logo thing on, uh, on the top of all, like I'll have like a helmet for Magneto. I'm going to have an eye patch for Nick Fury and for, for brand it's going to be these green shades that she has all the time. Nice. Anyway, random fact for you. Moving on. Moving on. The rest of this issue is basically setting up foregrounding the ch- uh, the challenges against Tarn the Uncaring, who holds the seat of loss in the Great Ring of Iraco. And yeah. Brand, Brand is has, like, I need a man on the inside. Yes. And she's been pumping up. In, she's been manipulating uh, Vulcan, which is terrifying, and uh, pumping him <laughs> up to say, like, you want the adoration of people again. You want a seat of political power again. Everyone on Araco hates Tarn. If you kill this guy, not only will you have a seat, you will be um, beloved by the people. And Storm's like, that's fucking true. Like (laughs) everybody does hate this guy. You kill him. You will be loved. And she stomps off like pissed off. And uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, I was flipping through because I was following you along referentially. Yeah. And then you have this letter memo from Mentallo. Yeah, yeah. Go after that. Mentallo, who is has been part of, uh, organizationally part of S.W.O.R.D. Telepath. Yeah, like the PSYOPs division. So Mentallo has, okay, one more setback. Vulcan hasn't died since... All of his ridiculousness with like War of Kings, Realm of Kings, all that ridiculous stuff. So like he's been alive. All the blanks of kings. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And shit's been done to him. And we've seen that referentially in some older issues of X at the beginning of the Krakoa titles. Right. Um, And so Mentallo does a scan at the... (laughs) at the request of Brand, does a scan of Vulcan to see what's going on in his head. Where is he at? And he's like, um, <laughs> I'm scared. So, yeah. and like, he describes what's going on in Vulcan's head as yes. a cartoon. And yeah. specifically, if you, in cartoons and like Looney Tunes, uh, when yeah. Wile E. Coyote uh-huh. draw, paints, paints, tunnel on a wall and then the characters just run through the wall and yeah and run and experience the painting yeah that's what we're being given from vulcan yes everything we've seen from vulcan is that painting it is not his reality (laughs) they've constructed something fake and this is the person that we're all dealing with and there's something much more deeply fucked up going on in Vulcan, in reality, that is 
being hidden from all of us and from him too. Yeah. Uh, and so, and Vulcan has this like whole power complex about how, like, since he never died, he should still be the emperor of the Shi'ar. And he's also a Summers brother. So like that just has weight. <laughs> yeah. In on the Krakoa. grand scheme of yeah. all things mutants um, and on Krakoa. And so he has this like superiority complex and, and that kind of, whenever that gets challenged, that's what starts eating away at that painting. Yes. And, but Brand has got it into his head that if he wants to be worshipped, he should <laughs> take the seat of loss from Tarn. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, while that conversation is happening, the Brotherhood, who is Storm, Fish King, Fisher King, Roberto, and, and Magneto, are, yeah. are talking. They're like, and Roberto's like, hey, uh, Magneto. <laughs> What yeah. if you took the seat of loss? And Magneto's yeah. like, no, <laughs> yeah. stop. I wanna, I wanna live a happy life. I want to chill. And Roberto's just like, yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't believe you at all. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm so excited for this Roberto because, like, <laughs> right? I love this Roberto. He's like, he's a smart guy. Like, he's. He's a very power aware guy. He's lived in and around power his whole life. He knows how it moves and he knows how to push it. You know, I mean, his, his father was a businessman who was uh, a member of the Hellfire Club, right? Like he is, he comes from that sort of background. And, right. and so he can be a dumbass and he can be, you know, ridiculous, but he knows how to, to manipulate and and move things and it is a joy to watch yeah and like and that's been pretty consistent because like when yeah. he he had like the aim avengers right um, and then he was on like hickman's avengers before that and right. like he's been that like playboy manipulating genius manipulative genius yeah that you just don't see from a lot of characters and it's ah, right. he's so fun and the fact that he's kind of manipulating magneto here is yes the bossest play I've ever seen. but this isn't even his last manipulation of no! the issue no and it's not even his coolest manipulation of the issue so the we continue on and we see the challenge between tarn and vulcan and basically that it starts everyone off with shows up. Yeah, everyone shows off. It shows up, and it it starts with a they they turn each other's powers off because Tarn is Omega level uh, gene manipulator, so he turns off Vulcan's X gene, and Vulcan is an Omega level energy manipulator, so he turns off Tarn's ability to manipulate genes. Or like the energy that he uses to do so, basically. And so yeah. so they're just sitting there powerless. And Vulcan's like, so I win, right? And Tarn just fucking beats him to death with his hands. Tarn's like, well, do you fight? <laughs> yeah. Bro. Yeah, dude, Tarn just manhandles him. Yeah. I love that he's like, you know what? <laughs> While they're like trading blows. Tarn's like, you know what's you know what uh sets me apart from you? Face tentacles. 
<laughs> and he just like wraps his little tentacle things around Vulcan's arm, just twists it, fucking gives him a haymaker, knocks him out, breaks his arms, and just pummels him into the ground. Yeah. And Brand is like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then floating down from the sky is Magneto. And he's he's doing the thing, you know, that that always looks really cool where he's got the the helmet like floating next to him on the on the magnetic powers. Right. And it looks all <laughs> he does this a lot and it looks so dope. And he issue he he does the thing that uh, Roberto, you know, was talking him into doing and issues the challenge. And meanwhile, Berto's in the stands it's sitting Isca. next to Iska the unbeaten. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And you know, he's he's trying to flirt with her because that's who he is and what he does. And then he's talking about they're talking about the match. He says, I tell you what, I'll bet you Tarn wins. Because <laughs> Iska's mutant power is that she cannot lose. <laughs> and she <Right>. is <laughs> so pissed because well, <laughs> she can't lose the bet, which means he's just manipulated her powers into deciding the outcome of this challenge. She can think so. (laughs) Right. Like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's uh, Roberto just manipulated that entire conversation. Cause the whole, (laughs) while manipulated Tarn and Vulcan fight and sees that they turn each other's powers off. (laughs) Roberto's like would that work on you and she's like you're ridiculous I don't have (laughs) my weapon is I cannot be beaten there's no way that would work and he's like yeah Yeah. you know what's funny I can't be beaten either it's kind of it's kind of a cool thing uh, even when I lose and she's like what are you talking about how do you lose without losing (laughs) or like whatever yeah Uh, Yeah, how can you lose without losing and he's like well we'll see (laughs) and then Magneto shows up and he's like excellent (laughs) oh my gosh and then Iska's like analyzing the battle and she's just like yeah. oh Tarn's powers are returning he's just going to stall until his powers are back and blah, yeah. blah blah and and Roberto's just like you're right you're right huh I bet you Tarn wins <laughs> and, and Iska just gets this look on her face and just like excuse <laughs> just like she's furious it because it's the greatest insult possible like he, she's yeah so do you want to give the breakdown of the, the Magneto Tarn fight? Okay, yeah. So, well, so Iska's like, how dare you? And then she snaps his neck. So <laughs> <laughs> let's not leave that hanging because no, that no, happens no. first. So yeah. Iska's like, how dare you? I, I, I'll I kill you where you stand. I can't lose. I can't lose. And he's like, ha, that's how you lose without losing. And then she just cracks his neck and, and he's dead. Yeah. And you're like, oh, holy shit. And then... um. And and Storm is like, what the hell are you doing? I'll strike you down where you stand. And she is just like, I can't lose. You don't understand. I can't lose. And then it shows the fight. And 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 Tarn is and they're both like, huh, I wonder what happened there. And Tarn is like, yeah, it's really weird. Oh, hey, look, my powers are back. You want to do this? And then Magneto's like, sure, let's do this. And so <laughs> he just drops his helmet. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> like, your powers are head. your powers are psychic, right? You psychically kinetic. Yeah, you psychically manipulate people's genes. Well, interesting. My helmet blocks mental powers. Yes. And it's made of metal. Also, incidentally, it happens to be made of metal. 
by Tarn. And just <laughs> crushes his goddamn head. Just I accept. Just like a grape. Just absolutely and, yeah, squishes And Tarn's just like, no, 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 not like this. Please, <laughs> I yeet. And then just done. And Magneto's floating over him. He just says, and I accept what comes with it. Magneto sits in the seat of loss. Yeah. Such a baller ass move. Yo, like (laughs) what an issue. Yeah. What an issue. Just (laughs) dude, the brotherhood. Oh God. I like, here's the thing. Now that we have seen even just in X-Men Red, we have seen yeah. Storm, we have seen Magneto, yeah. and we have seen the genius that is Roberto. I need <laughs> to see Fisher King step up. I right? want to see what he I want to see what he does. I want to I want to see everything about Fisher King. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a village elder type, but like you know it's I more know. than that. You know yes, it's more t- than that. Totally. <clears throat> gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. All right. And that brings us to the end of Destiny 5. Is that a podcast? This is the end of Destiny 5. So Destiny 7. So Destiny 6 and 7. So we're going to read on the next pod. And after 7, we'll be able to read AXE, Judgment Day. Yes. Stoked. Oh, my God. It's going to be a wild next two weeks. So Destiny 6 is going to be X-Red 4, Wolverine 23, X-Force 29. New Mutants 27, Marauders 4, X-Men 12. So that's not only six. And then Destiny of X Volume 7 is the Hellfire Gala Issues. Um, yes. Immortal number four, New Mutants 28, Knights of X4, Legion of X3. And that'll get us to not only where Dimitri said we should be, which yeah. is Immortal and X-Red 4. Yes. Um, but that gets us to where commercially all of the titles ish right. should probably have us in order to be ready for AXE. Hell yeah. It's gonna well, be wild. All right. In the interest of sports games, yes. Let's put the outro music here. Sounds great. And uh let's and let's let you get back over there in a minute. Sounds great. All right, dude. GG's the only Thank <laughs> you.